This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Man, just seeing all the things that are happening around Christian Life Center, it is so exciting to see what God is doing. Over 20 that were baptized yesterday, we had over 40 that went through our DNA membership uh, yesterday. We've got over 80 that are going to youth camp tomorrow, tonight, nights ablaze. I'm telling you, this is a great place to be a part of. Just give the Lord a praise. Amen. Wow, so much is happening and we give him the glory. Well, I just want to introduce our series, our summer series. Our pastoral team is going to be helping me to preach this through the summer. And uh, we are calling it Live It Out. Say it with me. Live it out. Turn to somebody and point to them with a little attitude and say, live it out. Come on. I saw those looks a little bit more. Live it out. Now, some of you are pointing and there was a little bit more than a joke behind that. It was like, live it out, buddy. Live it out. Well, the goal of the series this summer, every summer we do a summer series, and this summer series is about living out your faith. The Bible helps us to understand that that which brings pleasure to God is when you and I choose to live out our faith. In fact, in the book of Numbers, I love this passage of scriptures. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, it says, May the Lord, many of us could quote it, bless you and protect you. And here it is in the Living Bible. May the Lord smile on you. Now, I don't know about you, but that hits me. Lord, I want your smile on my life. Can I just hear an amen, an affirmation? God, I want you to smile over my life. When you look at my life, I want it to bring a smile to your face, right? Some of us feel like God's angry at us. God's mad at us. He's always disciplining us. He's always trying to smack us in, in shape. But I'm telling you today, this series this summer is going to help you know how to get the smile of God on your life. He goes on to say, and may God be gracious to you. The mercy and grace from God. May the Lord show you his favor and may he give you his peace. To walk in the peace of God is one of the things as believers we take for granted. God's favor, God's peace, the smile of God, the mercy of God and the grace of God. Can I tell you, those aren't just terms that are thrown out. There's a way that you can walk in the grace of God, the favor of God, that you can have the smile of God on your life, that you can have the peace of God in your life. Some people call that success. Well, the greatest success that you and I can have in our life is not just by working harder, setting goals, accomplishing goals, and and obeying all these rules and regulations. The greatest thing is that we know God's grace, God's peace, God's smile. The hand of God is over our life. So I want you to do me a favor, right where you're at, in your home, in the auditorium, just lift your hand and just begin to pray that with me as we start this summer series. I mean, if this revelation gets in your heart, it'll transform your life. If the revelation of what brings God's smile, God's grace over you will come upon you, the favor of God and the peace of God will be with you. It's the greatest revelation that you could ever get. So Father, illuminate. Say it, illuminate. 
your word to my mind, my heart, my spirit. Father, help me to learn how to live it out. How to live out my faith. How to walk a a life of true spirituality. Help me, God, to be in that place. To be that person you want me to be. So that your smile and your grace and your favor and your peace falls on me. Father, we want to be a people that honor you. A people that walk in your ways. A people, Lord, that hearken and obey your voice. And I pray this summer, God, you will illuminate that to us. Right now, as the pastor of this church, I pray for revelation, God. I pray for illumination and revelation and impartation. God, I pray it's more than a sermon this summer. I pray, God, powerfully, there'll be transformation. In fact, to say that, Father, transform me. To fulfill your plans and your purposes, oh God. God, I pray you'll remove misconceptions of what it really means to be a follower of Christ. I pray, God, that you'll bring clarity. Help us to see what we've not seen. To embrace what we've not embraced. To be what you've called us to be. And all God's people said... Amen and amen and amen. Just give the Lord praise. Amen. Now, I took a few moments there because I really believe in my heart this summer, the series Live It Out is going to put wills to our faith. It's going to help us to understand what brings a smile to God. What does God desire? You know, a hundred times or more, I've heard somebody in the last 15 months say to me, COVID made me redefine my faith. Made it, it, you know, it just helped me redefine my faith. And, I, and I've paused and I've said, what does that mean? Redefine my faith. And if they're redefining their faith, are they redefining it? If you've said that, the question that you and I have to ask ourselves is, are we doing it in alignment to God's word and what God desires? Because if it needs to be realigned, then yes, God, realign my faith. But don't let me just decide what is it that brings a smile on your face. But God, let me know that I know that I know that I'm doing what brings glory to your name and I'm honoring you with my life. And therefore, if my faith needs redefined, then God help me to redefine it. But let it be biblical. Can I hear an amen? So today, the title of the message is True Spirituality. How do we really know what spirituality is? I love what Paul says in the Message Bible in Ephesians. Figure out what pleases Christ and then do it. (laughs) Figure out what pleases him and then God just help me to do it. Man, if my prayer life revolves around any sentence, it's that sentence right there. It's God, I know what you want. Help me to do it. (laughs) Help me discipline my desires. Let my will engage in what you want. Father, help me be more disciplined in what you're desiring in my life. Figure out what Christ wants and then just. Now, I want to I wanna just kind of make a little preempt statement, and, and that is that this series is not, it is not about religious traditions. It's not about rituals and rules and, and regulations. That can be very spiritually harmful in your life. 
It never leads to joy when I'm leading, leading or living or pursuing just a life of tradition and rules and, and, and regulations and, and do's and don'ts. There's no joy in that. This series is not about that. This series really isn't about the external as much as it is about the, the internal. Not what externally God is saying. And yes, there, there might be overflows of that. But what is he saying internally in my life? It's not about the rules, the laws, the traditions, but it's about God's grace. And how do I get in the favor of God, the grace of God, where the peace of God can, can fall into my life? It's not about self-effort. What, what I've got to do to earn salvation. No, it's a, it's a confidence in the work of Christ. And when I pursue Christ, we're going to see when I live according to the ways that God has laid out for us in the word. And we're going to we're going to we're going to just help you to realize what that is this whole summer and live it out. Then I begin to walk a life that's honoring to the Lord. That is true spirituality. Our main passage today is over in the book of Philippians. So take your Bibles and and your devices and, and turn over there with me. I want to encourage you, take notes, take notes. It's so easy in the digital age not to memorize the word and and to get the points in your heart. How do you take notes? The easiest is get our app, go to the sermon notes. It's right there. After you take notes, you can email it to yourself, uh, email it to whomever you want, file it away. Let it be something that you can reflect on at other times. Our key passage, and I'm going to take time to walk through it today. So I want you to to, to lean in. I told Pastor Nadine, this is a deeper message. Tonight, we're going to be electrified, but this morning, we're going to go a little deeper, right? We're going to grow some roots a little bit deeper, a little bit stronger, so that when the winds of adversity blow into our lives, there are roots that sustain us and hold us. So... Just get ready. We're going to dive deep into Paul's word because it's so powerful as to what is true spirituality. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version. Verse 3. For we are the true circumcision, meaning that we've, we, we've cut away and, and we've pursued God. There's a, a true heart to worship him and to honor him. We worship in spirit. The Spirit of God and the glory in Christ and glory in Christ Jesus. And we put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. And he's going to tell you why. I was circumcised. He's, he's building a case. He's sharing with you his CV, his resume. He's giving you his background. He's talking to a Jewish audience, and he wants to get their attention because they put their focus on a lot of external things and degrees and accomplishments and all of these. And Paul's getting ready to say, hey, listen, I've got all of that, but I want you to understand something. He's just getting to the table, but when he gets to the table because of all of that, he's going to bring a revelation that is so powerful. So he says, I far more, I can boast far more. If anyone has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. I was circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. 
In fact, he's, he's on the road to becoming the high priest in his training, in his upbringing, in his background. The high priest at that time would have been the highest religious position as well as political position of the day. Paul says, so listen, guys, if anybody can boast, I can boast so much more than anybody else. I was a Pharisee as to, as to zeal, as to my passion. I was a persecutor of the church as to righteousness, which is in the law, found blameless. I mean, when you walk through this, all of a sudden, you begin to see that, that Paul is saying, listen, guys, I, I had the religious zeal. I, 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 he's, he's saying, listen, if you want to be impressed about anything, it's my Jewish heritage that will impress you. Good works, I had it done. Personal righteousness, oh, yeah, I had it all. But all of a sudden, he's going to begin to help us to understand that is not true spirituality. Now, the problem for many of us is that we grow up, and as we grow up around the church and in the church, we, we, we begin to walk along here, and somehow, sometimes we fall off into this works righteousness. It's what I do and what I don't do and how I behave, and, and, and I fall over there not realizing that, yes, it's through the grace of God that I am saved, but we fall over into the, because it's what we see, it's what I can do. And I fall over there. Now, the danger is we fall over into a license to sin. That all grace and, and whatever I can do, I can do whatever I want and God will forgive me. And therefore, I can go out and I can party all night. I can smell like weed when I come into church in the morning. And it's okay. God's going to forgive me. Did I say that out loud? Prayed with someone the other day at the altar. <laughs> Whoo, I got high. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> Woo, <laughs> I haven't smelt that in a while. <laughs> Praise God, he was in the altars. <laughs> Praise God, getting saved. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. It's okay, it was somebody else. <laughs> you know, there's, 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 there's an understanding of what is true righteousness. So Paul is going to go on and, and he's going to really help us to understand. He's going to show us that there is a source to our spirituality. The source of true spirituality. Now remember, Paul's giving you this religious uh, uh, upbringing, his Jewish heritage. Now, Paul, by the way, came from a very wealthy family. He, he came from a very progressive city. Again, I told you he was on the route to becoming the high priest. It would have been a political position. It would have been a, a high religious position. He had the best education of the day. He had luxury. I mean, it was something that, that, that Paul would have had everything that in the natural eyes we would look at and, 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 and even pursue and call it blessing from God. He had it. And yet when Christ comes and transforms him life, his life and he's going to show us it's the source of true spirituality, turning to Christ would have meant he dishonored his family. And he would have been rejected by his family. So let's pick up in verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, all the things that he mentioned, these things I have counted as loss, underline it, for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. Wow. 
The surpassing value of knowing Christ. Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I, am, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, trash, something to be thrown away so that I may know and gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of of faith. So what did I just read? Just to kind of summarize, Paul was saying, listen, all attempts to obtain spiritual intimacy with God through religious zeal or self-effort or works, that is loss. That is rubbish. That is nothing. True spirituality is not earned. It's not just something that that we can do to alleviate our guilt. No, he says true spirituality is something that we gain through Jesus Christ. Therefore, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. The source of true spirituality is Christ. I can gain the world, the things of the world, all of these things, programs and, and, and accomplishments and, and, and all of these accolades and all the wealth and everything that I could acquire in this world, in this life. I could gain all of that. But if I don't have Christ, it's all loss. So he says the source of true spirituality is Christ. He says, I may gain Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen? That I can gain Christ. You see, the most important thing for you and I is to come to this revelation of who he is and what he desires to do and what he's longing for you and I. The source of true spirituality, I want to just sink into our spirit, is Christ. Today we serve communion and we partook of it and we took a few minutes to unpack it Righteousness is found in no other name and no other way but through Jesus Christ. When I sin, my sin separates me. I'm alienated. The Bible says I'm a foreigner from the presence of God because he is a holy God. And my sin, and the Bible says we've all sinned and we all fall short. We don't hit the mark of what God has. And therefore my sin separates me from a holy God. But in God's love and in his mercy, God created a way and a plan that you and I could have eternal life. We could come back into a peace relationship with him and the sin can be removed and canceled from our life. And it was by his son coming to this earth, dying on a cross, taking our sin so that we could be forgiven. And in that we say, amen. The Bible calls that the gospel message of hope. The gospel message. We call it here the message of hope. And you and I, our mission is to be messengers of hope. We take the gospel message of hope and we share it with a world that's lost and dying in the darkness of the world that's around. You and I are to be the light that shines bright and we have a message of hope and our passion and our calling and the zeal of our life has got to be God. Let the light shine bright so that all can come to the saving knowledge of who you are. The source of all true spirituality is in Christ. Paul says it's not in the degrees. It's not in my education. It's it's not in my family upbringing or the wealth that I had or the path that I was on or my self-righteousness where I was blameless according to the law. None of that, he says. 
All of that was loss if I don't gain Christ. Which then he leads us to understanding the goal of true spirituality. Look with me here. The goal of true spirituality in verse 10, he says that I may, here it is, here's the goal, underline it, that I may know him. The source of true spirituality is Christ. So therefore the goal of my spirituality is to know him. Oh, I know it's simple, and yet it's so hard, and it's a lifelong journey of growing in my faith so that I can know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the righteousness from the dead. Now, I don't have time to unpack it today, but it is in your notes. He, 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 he really helps us to understand that when you come into the alignment because of the revelation that the goal of my spirituality is to know Christ, there is something that begins to happen. And can I tell you, it's the freedom for your spiritual life when you begin to understand this. When you begin to understand it and pursue it, your life won't be up and down anymore. There'll be a stability in your life, a confidence in your life, and there'll be growth in your life. And the roots of your faith will become stronger and stronger and stronger that when the winds are blowing, you will not be uprooted. He says, what is it? It's the power of the resurrection. True spirituality is knowing Christ. The question that we as pastors often have to ask as we're leading a congregation into churches, is the church growing in their knowledge and their experience with Christ? It's not about how, how cute we could be, how, 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 and I'm not putting down a lot of these things, but it's not how many props I can give you. It's, it's not how, uh, how, how, how tweetish I can be. And some of these speakers are really good at, 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 at just illuminating the word like that. And that is wonderful. But the most important thing we have to make sure is that we are coming to a place that we know him. That we're progressively understanding him and experiencing him. And we're most of all, he says, experiencing his power. His power breaks sin. His power gives us victory. His power is something that moves in you and I, that gives us an inner strength. I love the way Paul says it in another book. Over in the book of Romans, Paul says it this way. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So if the spirit of Christ that rose him from the grave is dwelling in me, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the spirit who dwells in you. So man, my prayer and your prayer has got to be God help me to live out, live out my faith, my spirituality in the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection is going to give me victory. Say victory. Victory over the penalty of sin. The power of the resurrection, the more the spirit of God is alive and active in my heart, I have power to overcome temptation. I have power to break addictions. I have power to overcome habits. I have power to let the transformational work of Christ take root in my life. So it's victory over the penalty of sin. 
Now there's not guilt, there's peace because I'm walking in freedom from condemnation. In fact, we know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The key is I'm in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say there's no condemnation for those who know about Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation condemnation for those that just worship Christ Jesus, but are they in him? Are they rooted in him? Are they growing in him? Is it the goal of their life to know him and the power of his resurrection? Man, there's victory over the consequences of sin. Why? Because I'm living in peace. I'm living in forgiveness. In fact, the scripture tells us, Paul says in another book, 1 Corinthians, that death no longer has its sting on you and I. Victory has come because we are overcomers through Christ Jesus. I love the passage. I think it's on the screen. 1 Corinthians there. He says that no longer does that have a hold on you and I. So there's victory. Victory that comes for you and I over sin, over the consequences of sin. There's victory for you and I that we can walk in in a greater fellowship with him. That there's a depth of oneness with Christ. The goal of knowing Christ, at the end of the day, he says, is that we will have fellowship. Living out your faith is all about a relationship, learning to love him supremely, learning to understand that he is the one that gave his life for you, and learning to love him with everything that's within you. I mean, it's astounding to know, to understand that, 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 that God of this universe wants a relationship with you and me. In Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6, God says, I don't want your sacrifice. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I I want you to know me. See, the greatest thing that God desires for you and I, you can feel it in the passion of this verse, that he deeply loves us and he desires for you and I to love him in return. To love him. To love him. To learn to love him. To learn to surrender. Jesus calls that the great commandment. You can quote it with me. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. To love the Lord your God. So true life, true spirituality starts with God. It's the purpose of God. It's the desire of God for you and I to have relationship with him. This week as I was preparing, it hit me that <laughs> it was powerful that God wants to be best friends with you and me. Who's your best friend? Who do you talk to the most? Is it your spouse? Is it, a, is it, a, is it, a, is it a, someone at work? Is it a, a buddy of yours? A girlfriend of yours? I mean, who's your best friend? God is saying to you and I, I want to be your best friend. Now, for guys, that may not ring with us the same way, but there's a good buddy. There's someone that you, you, you click with, you, 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 you have camaraderie with. There's, there's something that's there. We know God in lots of different aspects. We know him as creator and, and maker and Lord and master and judge and redeemer and father and savior. But the one that we've got to understand is that he wants to be our friend. He desires that for you and I.
Well, the road, the road to spirituality, the road to spirituality is to know Christ, right? To know him, that we may lay hold of that. That's the desire for you and me. As we begin to go deeper, look here in verse 12 with me in Romans, I mean, uh, Philippians chapter uh, 3 and verse 12. The road to spirituality, Paul will say this, now that, now, not that I have already attained it or have already be, become perfect, but I press on, underline it, I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as already having laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude and if anything you have, if any, uh, and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. I like what Paul says there. <laughs> if you don't agree with me, God's going to reveal to you the truth, is what he's saying. God will reveal that to you also. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. So the disclaimer that he is saying is that spiritual maturity is, is not, your, 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 your true spirituality is not based on perfection. It's not that I, 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 I've got it all together, I'm, I'm perfect. No, Paul says that's not it. I'm pressing. I'm running like a, a runner is running in the race. I'm running. Don't get comfortable. Don't get complacent. Keep running your race. It's not about being perfect. It's about walking towards the one that is perfect. And in that, he says, there is a transformation that's taking place. So it's the direction. It's where I'm going. Brother, I, I regard it, he says. I, I regard that I haven't yet attained it. I haven't got it, but I'm forgetting what's behind me. And I'm moving forward. Spiritual maturity is this passionate pursuit of knowing and becoming like Jesus. Tonight will be about pursuing him, worshiping him. It's not just what I'm going to get from him. It's not just the breakthrough, but that will happen. But it's pursuing him and running after him and experiencing the power of his resurrection. So if you're taking notes, write it down. The road to spiritual, true spirituality is a passionate pursuit of knowing and becoming like Jesus. The last part of this verse, I'm invite our worship team to come back. The last part of this verse, in verse 17, Paul is going to help us to see the evidence. Say evidence. What's the evidence of my true spirituality, that, that, that I truly know Christ? The road is I'm passionately pursuing him to have an experience with him. The source is Christ alone. That's the only way that I can be transformed. But he says the evidence... Look right here in verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example. You see, the life that you and I live is a pattern for others to follow. 
The testimonies that we give are testimonies for others to begin to, to learn how they can live that out. That's what I love about the life group environment. In the life group, you and I can share how God is helping us to live out the word that, that he has preached over our life and he's given to us. That's how we can begin to live it out. And so he says, brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk of whom I've often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite and their desire, and whose glory is in their shame, their pride, who set their mind on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of the humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Now Paul gets real deep here and he's a deep theologian but if you're taking notes he helps us to understand that the evidence of my spirituality the evidence is not the rules, not the rituals, not the classes, not the degrees, not my wealth and all of the accomplishments, but the evidence is a changed life. That my life is being changed. That I'm reflecting his glory. That my character is being transformed into the image of Christ. Christ-like in my words. Christ-like in my deeds and in my thoughts, that his will becomes my will. But he gives a warning, and the warning can be so devastating, and that is, if we live carnal lives, if we're hypocritical, there are enemies of the cross. He says, the warning for you and I is that we can call to question the validity of Christianity for people around us if we don't reflect the character of Christ to change life in our lives that reflect who he is brings a world around us to understanding who he is. And boy, if I don't live it, then it begins to bring my own faith into question. And so live it out. Live it out. God, what brings pleasure to you? What brings a smile on your face and glory to you? Today, I'm just kind of introducing what we're gonna look at over the next several weeks. Over in chapter 1, or chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says this. Stand firm. Stand firm. And if you stand firm, he'll go on in chapter 4 to say you'll have the peace of God in your life. Don't underestimate God's peace when you stand firm. True spirituality. The source is Christ. The goal is is to know Christ. The road is that I'm pursuing. There's a passionate pursuit to know him and to become like him. And ultimately, the evidence in my life can be seen. There's a changed life. Lord, today we take your word and I pray, God, that the revelation of your word has been released over this body. 
I pray, God, that supernaturally, like you transform Paul's life, that, God, you'll transform our lives. That, God, we will, we will, God, pursue you with a hunger and a thirst. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Father, I pray over our congregation the thousands that are connected to us here in South Florida and literally, Father, around the world. And I pray, Lord, that you're going to take us on a journey that will teach us this summer how to live out, how to live out our faith so it brings a smile to your face. True spirituality. Lord, that's what we desire. We love you. We worship you. We honor you today. And all God's people said, amen and amen. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.